This is Defenders TV Podcast, episode 91, where we're looking at Iron Fist, season 1, episode 2, Shadow Hawk Takes Flight. Welcome back, Defenders. My name is Chris, and this is Defenders TV Podcast, episode 91, where we're looking at Iron Fist, season one, episode two, Shadow Hawk Takes Flight. Guys, we're here. Please introduce yourself. Caw, caw. I'm one of your hosts, John. I've just taken flight. <laughs> I've not taken flight. This is your other host, Derek. Uh, yeah, good, uh, good impression of a crow there, John. I know. <laughs> I'm a Ravens fan, after all. Go Ravens. I like it. <laughs> well, there we go, guys. So we're in straight into episode two of Iron Fist. Now, for any of our listeners, please remember, before we go any further listening to this, this is a spoiler-filled review. So if you haven't watched episode two yet, press pause, go watch it, and come right back, and we'll wait for you. Okay, now you're back. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, so... The main thing, guys, is like obviously uh, this is coming out now on Saturday. This is March 18th, mm-hmm. the day after the, the full 13 episodes have come out on Netflix. But for the rest of our viewers, um, and just kind of ongoing basis, every Friday and Tuesday each week, we'll be releasing our next episode. So, episode three will be out on 21st of March, uh, which is a Tuesday. Yes, it will, hopefully, as long as I can get it all edited and ready to go. Yeah, uh, this is the 18th of uh, of March. Luckily, we're not recording on the 18th of March. I feel we may have a little St. Patrick's Day hangover. Uh, and once again, did you notice in this episode, we got a little bit of a, a reference to the Irish, just like in Daredevil Season 2, which started out with the Irish gang getting beaten up on St. Patrick's Day. We have Oh Danny Boy in this episode. Uh, a nice reference to, uh, to Ireland for St. Patrick's Day, the day the episodes were all released. Absolutely. I, I have a feeling someone over there is Irish and he's just plugging this in now. It has to be. There's, <laughs> there's too many there's too many references. Or that's just one of them has like is one eighth kind of Irish from Cork because his name's Shillelagh. <laughs> but anyway, um, if you're new listeners, um, please subscribe and uh, listen to us on iTunes and don't forget to rate and review the, the over there. Um, but you can also catch us on any good or evil podcast catcher such as Podcast Addict, etc., etc. But guys, where can else can they give us feedback? If you want to send in feedback to us, a great way to do it is record your own thoughts over on our website, over on DefendersTVPodcast.com. Uh, just p- just press the button over there, record 90 seconds of your feedback, and uh, and let us know your thoughts about each of the episodes. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can email us to feedback at DefendersTVPodcast.com. Absolutely. And of course, there's always Facebook and Twitter where you can find us over on our page or our group on Facebook just search Defenders TV Podcast. And of course, on Twitter, we are at Defenders Cast. Join in the conversation, comment, discuss, and uh, have a right old jolly time. <laughs> it's great fun. Always love chatting to the listeners about, uh, about the podcast. And of course, over on our Facebook page and group, we will be leaving spoiler 
free posts for you to add your comments, add your thoughts on any of the episodes of Iron Fist or indeed the discussions from the podcast uh, and we'll read them out on uh, as well. Yeah, so please come on in and join the conversation uh, within the Marvel, Netflix and Iron Fist community. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think with all that out of the way, what do you think, Chris? Is it about time? I think it's about time because I think everyone who's just probably binge listened to our first episode is on tenterhooks to hear what we have to say on episode two. Um, so, Derek, do you want to give us the uh, the usual rundown? First off, can I say it's better than episode one? I, is that a bit of a spoiler? That's a bit of a spoiler. That's, that's a big to, spoiler. I don't that's mind. A big spoiler. Let us get to the let's get to the main part. This episode was again written by Scott Buck, the showrunner who wrote episode one of uh, of. Iron Fist, um, and it was again directed by John Dahl, the two people responsible for episode one. I'm glad it was uh, it was a more enjoyable episode than I had with the first one. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this episode? Sure. Danny Rand awakes in Birch Psychiatric Hospital under the observation of Simon, not a psychiatrist, but another patient with murderous intent. The Meachams have committed Danny to the hospital to protect him from himself. Would Meacham pays a visit to Colleen Wing to convince her to sign an affidavit saying Danny is dangerous. But Colleen goes to talk to Danny instead. Daniel must prove to the psychiatrists, Colleen Wing and Joy Meacham, that he is the infamous prodigal son of Rand Enterprises, or channel the Iron Fist and break out of the facility. Having lost his connection to his chi, his only option is to use a popular confectionery to provide proof of one of his identities. Mmm, M&M's. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I, I've heard of product placement before, but this is a pretty good one, right? It was, oh, I like this. Yeah, it was big product placement. Look, we all used to go through M&M's and pick out the crappy orange ones well actually they liked the orange one it was the brown ones yeah. apparently yeah. and i like the brown ones i'm much more a brown fan i was oh, the same on, wait, wait. I, I i'm a brown m&m fan okay what are you what's your favorite one i'm brown as well like to me that was just more chocolate yeah exactly i am absolutely awful with m&ms with skittles with everything i just shove as many in my mouth <laughs> as i possibly can fit i never even look at the colors <laughs> Um, let's move on to actually the top five points. But guys, before we do, I want to kind of break away from our top five points because <gasps> just slightly, I want to just to give your quick two second thoughts on the episode in terms of did you enjoy it or did you not? Because again, I'm I, I'm wary of our listeners have being a bit fearful on this episode <laughs> of listening to us. Right. So I'm going to start. This was almost the episode that i had wished it was almost the first if you know if you understand my saying in the roundabout way that i'm trying to say i really enjoyed this episode it gave me what i wanted it gave me more intrigue gave me more exposition it gave me depth on a lot of characters but it was brilliant and i think that's for now what i want to say Derek. Yeah, I'd agree with you. This is uh, this was exactly what I was looking for from the show. The, uh, we have an exploration of his powers. We have some really interesting characters being brought in. Even the characters who are only in it for two or three scenes genuinely mattered in the episode as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely took some learnings from the first episode and put them into this one, I think. Definitely. Um, th- this was head and shoulders above the first one. Um, you know, it might have some people um, still sort of at the pacing in terms of of the show but to me yeah 
it showed his iron fist at the end, glowing, him getting his chi back. And, uh, you know, that really was the oomph that was missing in, in the first episode. So, yeah, for me, this was really a much better episode of Iron Fist compared to the first one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, this is that exactly the the Iron Fist moment was just ha. Oh. But let's get on with our top five points. Um, for any new listeners who are just joining us, what are you doing? Joining in part two? Go back to part one and then go back. But more importantly, the way we uh, used to do it was we each take top five points and kind of bring it together. But to kind of we've we've seen a lot of overlap now. So starting with Iron Fist now, we're we're kind of just doing our top five points so kind of combined top five points and i want to start off with point one which is simon says mm-hmm. simon says hello <laughs> <laughs> this 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 character was brilliant just i'm assuming a random kind of character just there for exposition of the story and moving the plot along but my god he was a good character he and that a great intro impact, yeah, that intro as well. I was like, oh, oh, is this one of like Ward's henchmen already caught him? And wow, uh, what's going to happen? Um, but yeah, the the brilliant. It does have me wonder, is he just a fleeting introduction mm-hmm. or will he play the Hogarth character from the comic books? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I was getting it. Was it- I had the same thought, Chris. Definitely. Yeah. Because we lost, so I thought Big Al was going to be it, mm-hmm. and then we lost him, and now we have Simon. I'm like, potentially they'll bring Simon as that Hogarth confidant character. Interesting. Well, yeah. you know, I, I didn't think about that at all, because uh, I, I'm not too sure you want him in stressful situations. No. <laughs> His reaction to stressful situations is to take a fork and stick it to your throat. Maybe you don't want to trust him. No, uh, absolutely. <laughs> but I got the same kind of vibe. I thought um, I thought they introduced him in a really great way. Obviously, mm-hmm. like that whole thing where you think he's a doctor and then he suddenly says kill yourself and you're going like crazy inmate or yeah one of um ward meacham's uh go-to guys right uh, but then just the fact that he helped him to make the phone call to colleen he also gave him the tour around the the psychiatric hospital mm-hmm. um and there was just it felt like there was a connection and it was that moment where he takes them round um where he goes round each of the inmates sat down and describes why they're in and that maybe they're not as psycho as their diagnosis would would suggest and he actually obviously kind of wasn't quite as psycho as we thought from from the first sort of uh, point in meeting him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I had the same kind of feeling. I was like, is this going to be Hogarth, you know, like, uh, or a similar uh, person who's going to ultimately be helped by Danny Danny Rand? I even just thought that he might just come back and get him released from the, and I don't know, help him deal with his anger or something like that. Yeah. But I definitely had the same kind of thing that he was going to play a significant role in this series. Yeah. But you know what um, my theories have been like <laughs> in the past? So. Um, you are speaking to the man who has the ongoing theory that there is 
a giant hole in Hell's Kitchen where a giant hand is going to come out of it. And I've yet to be disproven. That That's just you for defenders, isn't it, Chris? <laughs> exactly. That's how the hand is coming back. They're going to revive the zombie hand from the hole. <laughs> Remember last episode, I did predict that Big Al was 10,000 years old as well. So I think I'm going to end that hole with you, Chris. Um, yeah. yeah, I really like this introdu- introduction to Simon. He did feel like a character from Legion. I don't know whether you've been watching that show. There's a there's an older member uh, of the of the group uh, who's possessed by somebody else uh, in the show with no spoilers. Um, and he just really reminded me of that of of that character in Legion. Really, really enjoyed him. Um, yeah, Simon's Simon's introduction, really good idea. It, it gives me the impression that while Jessica Jones was about PTSD and um, Luke Cage was about um, was about the criminality within Harlem, uh, this show does feel like it's going to be about mental illness um, and how it's dealt with. So while we know Don, Danny Rand isn't mentally ill, we'll talk about some of the scenes later on, I'm sure, uh, as we go through our points. Um, it does seem to be a bit of a deconstruction in this in these scenes with Simon about how people treat. Um, people who have who have different types of personalities to the standard or to the norm um he very much says i thought i was fine and then two days later i'm now a diagnosis and i've been here for two and a half years and that's what everybody else absolutely in the in the one flew over the cuckoo's nest tour around the uh, around the facility he very much describes everybody and says this is the name and now they're called this dual personality disorder or something like that. So I think this is a great a great thing to bring into a show like this to be able to explore those type of mental illnesses. It's a really good touch. Yeah, but and I think even just the fact that, you know, with Danny Rand himself, he is, you know, this center of calm, the the and gravity, the whole element of channeling the energies, balance and all that where he's he's meditating and and he's doing his tai chi. Um but then at the same time um, you see that he's got an anger, and I think it's even just the the different extremes that he goes to within his own personality. You know, is it is there more to this? You know, is is it the calm guy who can uh, look like a puppy dog uh, and you know be jokey, witty, or you know, as when he becomes the Iron Fist, he says he becomes. It becomes clearer to him. He becomes stronger each time he's in the heat of battle. So there is also that violence and that rawness as a warrior monk mm-hmm. that he is channeling uh, the 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 yin and the yang. It's the two sides of, of, of the same coin. Yeah, I'm <laughs> re- really interested in, in, in that. And I, I think that probably segues us quite nicely into... Our second point yeah. is who is John Anderson? Um, you know, and the whole uh, the the interviews with the psychiatrist ka- and the interviews with the psychiatrist. Mm. Uh, that was is becoming a bit of a problem for me. Um, for some reason, <laughs> can we just can we just say shrink? It, it it's, yeah, shrink. It will be easier. Yeah, uh, shrink. And I apologize in advance for anyone who is a psychiatrist and takes offense to that word, but just it, we're recording late and it's it, it's a hard word to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved this whole um, angle of, of, of this second episode. Um, you know, th- this, this idea that there's all these crazy 
people out there in New York since the incident. Yes. And I love the tie back to that since the incident um, with the shatari mushrooms and, uh, you know, how that really... Um, there's loads of people saying that they're superheroes mm. and that most of them aren't. It's all in the mind. And I, I think, uh, you know, that plays out so nicely uh, with Danny's conversations and the interviews with with the doctor yeah uh, i wouldn't have minded you know? seeing another character that was in the that was in the facility who had claimed that they had superpowers and seen the kind of conversation between him and danny i wouldn't have minded that playing out uh, in one scene in this episode someone maybe saying that they could read minds or something oh god yeah or someone saying he's captain america <laughs> be great. or yeah exactly he's just like i am tony sark and I am the real Iron Man. Like, just playing back to the original Iron Man one where mm-hmm. kind of Robert Downey Jr. gets up on stage. He goes, he's not Iron Man. I'm Iron Man. Or maybe this could have been the perfect place to bring back Ben Kingsley as uh, as the Mandarin. You know? Yeah, that, that would have been so cool. That whole thing of the split personality or the split identity. You mm-hmm. know, that this this hiding in the shadows, keeping the secret. Um, you know, certainly like Spider-Man would do and all, all of that i just think is really a, a great way of um adding a, a new angle for uh, these shows yeah. and i think ultimately that this is as you say this is the lens that we're is going to be um introduced to the the iron fist series yeah. um and like and i do love how it plays out where you know by the end of it the the doctor absolutely believes from his conversations with Joy Meacham that he is Danny Rand. And then you just hear Danny carrying on about, yes, well, I'm also the immortal Iron Fist. And yeah. this is the city, <laughs> Lun. Mm-hmm. I'm an I'm a, uh, immortal weapon. Um, and, and you just see the, the doctor's face slide and he goes, but this is a positive thing. You know, now we can diagnose you, you know, um, you can have all the pills, all of this. You've got an anxiety disorder with psychotic features. Yes. <laughs> Gosh. I, while watching that, I was just shaking my head going, oh, Danny, no, you were almost out. You were almost out. <laughs> <laughs> on your way to reclaim your, your multi-billion dollar fortune. Uh, but now you've you've gone on to claim that you are the Iron Fist. Yeah, this, is, this was really interesting. Um, I have to say, with the mention of who is John Anderson, um, when the psychiatrist hands over the passport to him and goes, who's John Anderson? I really had the Matrix feeling. Uh, if you remember, yes. Neo from the Matrix was Mr. Anderson, not John Anderson, uh, but he was Mr. Anderson in the Matrix. So I was wondering if they chose that possibly as uh, as the reference. And of course, John, because John does the best Defenders podcast out here. Additionally, and we also have Trinity in this series as well. <laughs> we do, of course, Hogarth, yes. Yes, so I'd say I say that was just a complete Easter egg for any Wachowski siblings fan out there who liked the Matrix. Um, I, I'm going to agree with you guys. I I loved this. Uh, I cringed when he started talking about the Iron Fist mm-hmm. um, towards the end. Once he was, it was just it, as Derek said, it was like, oh, oh, oh buddy, no, Danny. no, just like yeah, stop whilst you're ahead. Oh. So there's an element to to this that I'm still trying to figure out is does Danny's personality, because he was in Kunlun and all that, is he still, how much was he 
taught like how much how mature is he mm-hmm. if you understand me yeah, yeah um in terms of like he seems so innocent to a degree absolutely i think i mentioned on the last episode um about it's one of the things that works really well about finn jones portrayal of the character he does seem really innocent and wide-eyed when he gets back to new york because he was a wide-eyed child when he left and now he's been living away for a long time so i think that's part of his character is that he has an innocence to him while he is still an immortal weapon and he is still uh, a fighter. The actual development of him in a city like New York to have those street smarts that all the other defenders have, he doesn't have them because he hasn't been living on the streets of a big city. So, uh, so yeah, I do think he, he is a bit more innocent than we've seen from any of the other defenders in, in any of the other shows. Yeah, his, his street smarts are for the hand. And the streets of Kunlun. And the streets of Kunlun. No, absolutely. <laughs> like, it's... He's been brought up in a, in effectively a different dimension mm-hmm. um, and a, a different world. So, like he, I, I, as as you said, I think that portrayal of him not really getting modern life or New York and trying to see where he fits in mm-hmm. um, and going about things in a, a strange way, I think is. Um, is absolutely spot on for for this character. Mm. Um, you know, one of the things I do really like about this these interviews with psychiatrists, I think, were really really good because it did explain a really good reason why Meacham would be able to listen to the thoughts of Danny. Um, you know, there's constantly cameras watching, and Meacham has hacked the cameras in uh, in the hospital. Uh, I love that Ward questions him on it later on, kind of going, "Do you own these? Did you put in the cameras?" And he's like, "No, no, I just hacked them. <laughs> we're all connected. It's it's 2017. You know, really cool." Um, but yes, we have the big mention, as John as John said, of the return of the hand um, and the reason why Danny is going to be one of the big defenders. Danny is the ultimate protector against the hand. He's the only one that can defeat him, according to according to him. Um, and I love how they make this, uh, they wrap this into into uh, Meacham's storyline. Last week, we were wondering why it even mattered that he disappeared, that he said he was dead and he's holed out in, in the uh, the penthouse of the of the. Um, Random Enterprises building. Uh, this episode it shows it in some great ways. I really enjoy the idea that he goes down to meet uh, Danny in Birch Psychiatric Hospital, uh, and while he's gone, the hand leave a message on the outside of his window, going, "Where did you go?" and leave the hand mark. Uh, really cool. What if the hand got on um, on Meacham? Yeah, I have another little theory here. It, it is that kind of idea I think that you introduced um, that you know. Maybe Harold Meacham did die and the hand brought him back to life for um, their purpose, i.e. that actually Harold maybe is not as bad as he uh, makes out to be. I mean, we see him here that, you know, he has found out a lot by hacking into the the CCTV. Mm -hmm. He's gone to the hospital, yet he still is saying, we need to move him to a safe place. It sounds like it's still for fairly selfish reasons because of either what the hand have on him or what they're effectively bargaining uh, him for. Uh, and, and the role of Rand Enterprises. Mm. And maybe, you know, he is an unwilling um, person in this endeavor. I mean, it, it was kind of interesting that, you know, when he tells Ward that, you know, you need to move him, Ward challenges that. Ward sees the fact that Danny Rand might go public as a threat probably to his his own personal endowment uh you know and, and power position but 
and um, for for Harold, okay, he can see maybe that he has a way out. So I feel that there's a possibility that Harold is actually trapped in something. He he he's not necessarily a willing volunteer in this, and maybe it's a deal he made way back, uh, or or maybe it's something to do with him having died and have and being resurrected by the hand. But yeah. I, I just wonder if he's not as bad as maybe. I mean, he's not a nice character. I'm, I'm going to say that. You know, he's. I mean, poor Kyle. Like, um, oh my goodness. And I mean, that whole interaction anyway, which we'll come to, uh, I absolutely thought was hilarious uh, about yeah. the the apologist that is Kyle. But um, I Sorry. think, uh, well, yeah, you you have a lot to say on that, I reckon, <laughs> don't you, Derek? Um, but I think um, I just wonder if. He he's also trapped in some way. He yeah. might still end up being a bad guy and, and a nasty piece of work, but I wonder whether he's trapped, and I, I, I mm-hmm. wonder whether that whole motivation that he laid out here, um, that he's a useful uh, resource, really might come into play um, for for what he thinks would be his own personal gain. Mm-hmm. I, I can have two points on this. One... I think they're trying to go down the road of very much that Howard is going to become the new Wilson Fisk. He is a well-known criminal, or he we know he's a criminal. He, he We know he's a bad guy, but we are given uh, character depth there that makes you kind of start to almost feel sorry for the character yeah absolutely so the, yeah. the the fear in his face when he was trying to wipe away the the, the hand print he was trying to wipe away the hand wax on wax off <laughs> uh no but he was trying to he, he literally did try to kind of wax wipe it away but i think there's more to the story as we kind of both of you said but this is one of the threads now that i'm like i want to know more yes. I, I want to know Definitely. Is he, how is he connected? But that kind of brings me on to my second point, which the hand in it, which was, so correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Sticks uh, group, the ninjas, mm-hmm. were they not the, the rivals or the, the protagonists to the antagonist that is the hand? But now what we're getting is that the immortal iron fists uh, and the immortal weapons are the, 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 are, are, are the ultimate rival and kind of um weapon against the hand so i'm wondering how this is am i messing this up my head or no no there's definitely some crossover there because i know that that was the whole storyline for Electra. really was that she was going to be taken by the hand and they had to protect her um and she was going to be the one that would lead them to uh to victory or lead the hand to victory was kind of the prediction for her character and then we don't find out what happens with her. That storyline's not resolved. So, um, so either they misunderstood the prediction about what what Electra was supposed to be there for, um, and that has come to a fulfillment at the end of Daredevil season two. And there's another uh, prophecy or prediction about Iron Fist that he is the one that's going to take out the hand, and really that's going to become a battle between Electra versus Iron Fist. Which would be very cool, yeah. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. There is a, there's obviously because the hand is becoming a big character within uh, within a lot of the shows now, and will be definitely featured within uh, the Defenders. Uh, starting, they're starting to kind of build up a lot around the connections to the hand, and some of it's slightly crossing over now. I'm sure we're going to get more about the connection with the hand later on in the series. So I don't want to jump down and say um, that they've done something wrong 
just yet with the mythology of who's who's up against the hand. I think everybody on the good side is up against the hand and everybody on the bad side is the hand, right? <laughs> That's kind of, yeah. kind of as far as we can tell right now. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think you can have, you can definitely have multiple um, multiple groups, multiple people um, attacking the hand mm. in the same way that you could, you know, alternatively, you could introduce a Hydra element with the hand as well. Like, you know, yeah. so I, 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 and I wonder though whether um, Sticks group, were they more about sort of the, you know, um, combating the hands on Earth, whereas here we are dealing with someone who is in another dimension uh, and, and realm. And obviously the hand are kind of involved a bit with both because they're able to do resurrection. Now, how and why? Uh, you know, what's the ancient uh, roots to all this? And mm. does it come from uh, another one of the heavenly uh, cities uh, or from another dimension so that there's multiple fronts here on this war yeah, yeah. of which the Iron Fist is one of these significant weapons. Absolutely. Uh, in the same way as Sticks Group, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm liking seeing the cross-pollination here between yeah. uh, the two because um, ultimately I suppose it is going to get resolved in uh, the Defenders series rather than here on Iron Fist. Mm -hmm. But it'll be interesting to see how far it, it goes actually uh, yeah. in, in this and how far they can take it if a lot of it is going to be maybe resolved or take place in the defenders like a nice, a nice bit of intrigue for the next 11 episodes definitely it was just more great that he mentioned the other immortal weapons mm -hmm. so straight away they're, they're teasing at potentially seeing some of the other the, the bride etc uh, which was fantastic and then he he continuously mentioned and this kind of brings me back to harold Danny mentions mother the the mother crane the order of the yes, mother crane he does yes yes so for our listeners who aren't quite aware of what mother crane is and all that mm -hmm. John do you want to give us a bit of background yeah so mother crane is um she, she sort of over um the the heavenly cities um you know the the legendary heavenly cities of which Conlon is one of them depending on how you read it in some cases at, at various times within in the comic book history like she she has been an ally of, of the iron fist and, and here certainly you know it's the order of the of the mother crane of these warrior monks so it, it's teeing her up in that way whereas in, in other storylines Mother Crane has been a bit of an antagonist, mm -hmm. um, such as in the Immortal Iron Fist series, where you know she's actively involved with the Steel Serpent, and this hence why we've been talking about Madame Gao as being potentially Mother Crane. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting, actually, to see how uh, they have run with the Mother Crane uh, on this, because uh, my instinct would be that she ultimately is maybe up to no good and maybe it's a portrayal type storyline uh and it could be quite easily on, on that front um but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and whether madame gao could be some variant or, or, of mother yeah. crane here certainly because of the links with um the steel serpent and davos because that symbol 
has been so closely linked to uh, Madame Gao's drug trade. Um, now, maybe she's just acting on their behalf, or maybe she goes a bit deeper, as we heard from season two, where she goes off somewhere pleasant <laughs> for more than a holiday uh, and much, f- you know, very far away from yes. New York. Yeah. So, like, she's involved, absolutely. I can't wait to see the depth of her involvement here. And um, But, yeah, I mean, that's that was an interesting thing that came up, really, about being the Order of the Mother Crane, absolutely. And what got me interested was that when he says that, or Danny says that, I should say, um, Harold doesn't bat an eyelid. Mm-hmm. So that was the interesting piece for me, in that whatever backstory he has, whatever reason he's dead and risen again, or he faked his death and he's in hiding, he has no supernatural kind of full understanding of the hand etc he's very much like the the uh, accountant for the hand that we met in daredevil season two right right where i think he's a agent on earth in uh, uh in new york city mm-hmm. but he has not full understanding of the the ins and outs of the hand, who they are, what their ultimate goals are, etc. Yeah. I think he is very much a, let's put it bluntly to a degree, he is an underling. Now, he has his own underlings, such as Ward, and Ward has his underlings, which is just the guys who got beaten up on yeah. episode one. But he, from a hand perspective... He's not high up in the organization anyway. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're not building Harold to be the big, big bat. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely going to be interesting to see what happens to Harold over the next uh, next few episodes. But just quickly to chuck out an extravagant theory, what if he was? What if maybe he peels off his face and becomes Davos? And he's not actually Harold Meacham. He, well, yeah. I'm putting that up there in, in the maybe. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, that's pure speculation, but I mean... I love these early episodes because these are all about speculation. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, maybe, you know, he's been told to wait. He hasn't left the um, penthouse ever. I mean, you see Kyle's um, absolute um, sort of look of what are you doing when he says get the four wheels. Um, you know, he goes to visit Danny Rand himself. Okay, it might be because he's Harold Meacham, but maybe it's the person who is there and has been told to destroy the Iron Fist. But that is a significant risk that Harold went out. If yeah. he's, if pe- everybody in the city knows this person and he's been pronounced dead 12 years beforehand or 10 years beforehand, and then he takes a car ride down to this hospital uh, and does a, a spectacular appearance in the room with Danny. Of course, Danny was on, was drugged at the time, so that can be explained away as well. But he did get out of his apartment and go down to uh, to a public building uh, as a dead character, a person that's been dead for over ten years. So, um, so that, that he was taking a significant risk to meet Danny. So, yeah, there's 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 possibility in your theory, pure John. speculation like um, that maybe. He could rip off his face and he turns into <laughs> Red Davos. Skulls. Oh, Davos, sorry. Uh, okay, let's get on to the next point. Uh, Chris, do you want to take this one? Yeah, I want to talk about Warden Colleen mm-hmm. a bit here now. Go for Ward meets Wing. You have to go for that. Go for the alliteration, Chris. 
Okay, so I want to talk about Ward meets Wing. Well, particularly multiple elements of this. So obviously we have Ward, we have Colleen, and then we do have this 50000 uh offer, mm-hmm. uh, $50,000, which seems quite a small to me, but we I can get to that. I so too. I, I was kind of like, they heir to a fortune of the Rand Corporation, Rand Enterprises, whichever we want to call it on any particular day. <laughs> I was like, come on, at least half a million. Well, Danny, Danny's response told you that... Uh, that Colleen was being undersold. The minute he sees the check, he's like, uh, they've got a lot of money. <laughs> you know, even if you don't believe a word that I've said to you, Colleen, you can get more. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I saw that. And I was like, so, okay, how do we want to take this? First, let's talk about Ward, mm-hmm. I suppose. Ward, for me, is becoming an interesting character. I think in the last episode i said he was very one-dimensional yes, and there was not very much depth to him we're starting to see potentially more there's the um the the fear of the father figure mm-hmm. um he is the he is as danny said a dick and we can see that more there is something else there to him which i'm starting to there, there's an element of violence i just simmering almost and i think this is the way the the actor is playing it like you can almost see an a a violence and anger bubbling under the surface which we've yet to see because i I have this vision of him exploding and frothing and Mm -hmm. like yeah screaming at something i think there's certainly a level that's really being played well in this by tom pelfer the 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 underlying frustration of eldest son manager or ceo of a company but not really because his dad lives upstairs and tells him what to do all the time treats him like an underling says to him you're one of my guys you go do this job kind of thing uh he's got a sister who doesn't trust him and uh doesn't trust his decisions as the head of the company um he just he's he's definitely portraying a kind of a seething frustration in the fact that nobody is letting him do what he wants and he feels like he should be in charge Absolutely. I I thought when Joy kind of questioned him about Danny, actually, um, that I I just his response was real spot on. Again, it just felt like this really difficult restraint that someone who is borderline like violent would have to do because the doors open, you know, they're at work Mm -hmm. and, and all this kind of thing. And I thought it was really interesting that he actually disobeys uh, Harold's orders in that he he sends the inmates or he gets that arranged to beat up uh, Danny Rand That's right, uh, yeah. in the in the hospital the psycho guy who's in actually in there for violent behavior says you know this is courtesy of Ward Meacham and mm-hmm. um, so he he He's all he's got that ruthless streak, absolutely. You know, he, he can't understand his dad's motives as well, why um he, he would want Danny Rand to be moved to a, a safe house. Yeah. Um he's can't understand his sister's uh, motives as to why she's continually thinking uh, that maybe she has got it wrong or he's got it wrong and that it is Danny. And and that I think it's ultimately as well from the first episode you know we see the young award being equally horrendous to danny rand i mean effectively he's a bully yeah um so yeah it's just like he is losing control of um that power and just one final point on that uh, the reaction from joy towards as well where she goes 
Uh, why don't you just be more like dad and just grow some balls? His oh. the, the reaction from Meacham where he's <laughs> being told, just be more like dad. And when he's trying to do things that are different from what his father's telling him to do, it's fantastically played. And you can tell it's a sister because only a sister would know how to niggle her brother as much as possible. But I think this is another indication that Joy doesn't know that Meacham's alive, that Harold Meacham's alive yeah. as well. So, And I, I wonder if maybe that's his motivation for doing something outside of what his dad has asked for. Mm. Yeah. Like, ultimately, maybe he was just going to take a beaten up Danny Rand to the safe house. Uh, you know, barely conscious Danny Rand. <laughs> but, um, you know, maybe that was the impetus. Because, uh, you know, he seems to be on a fairly short leash with mm-hmm. um, uh, with his dad, you know? Yeah. But I think that also came across when he meets Colleen Wing. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of thought he was going to be violent towards her, although he would have gotten, um, you know, uh, a samurai, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But he was very intimidating with that. And I, but I love the fact that she is such has such a strength of personality. She's confident in her own ability um, from a physical point of view, as well as just purely and probably emotional and intellectual. That she, you know, she's asking those questions um, of what you know. Why do you want me to do this? Yeah. Um, why do you think he's a problem? Why do you think he's a threat? How do you even know about me? You know, all these questions, she's really sussing him out here and it really shows her incisiveness. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, she, she, she can, she can sense the mood as well and hence why she goes to see Danny as well. But yeah. I, I love this interaction between Ward and Colleen in a club. Absolutely. Um, We're yeah. talking about performances. That that great yeah. moment when Ward says to her, I want you to sign a document saying that you felt threatened. And instantly Colleen goes, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I will never sign a document saying a man made me feel threatened. I could kick anyone's ass. You put them right in front of me. You know, it got her back up immediately and changed the conversation with Ward instantly uh, where he realized, OK, well, she's not going to play ball here until I pay her some money, until I give her that 50 grand. She's not going to do anything for me here because I've chosen the wrong words. Maybe if I say he was acting strangely, <laughs> would that would, would you sign that document, <laughs> Colleen? She's like, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, 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 I could say. That. Yeah, nice little character moment for for Colleen there as well. Um, but yeah, I really like her in this episode. I like that they're they're building her up. She is definitely going to be the second lead of the show, the the uh, the second um, hero for the show. We knew that going in. Obviously, it's Colleen Wing. She's well known from the comic books. But I like how they're building up her character to question those things that the the villains at the moment, as, as we, I guess we'll call them, uh, she's questioning what they're doing uh, in the right way. Yeah, I really liked her. In this, I really love the, the the fake ambush that she sets up um, for for her trainees yeah. as well, um, and uh, like it was just I, I loved her comebacks against all of them um, after they've failed miserably to down her or to cause any form of significant uh, sort of injury to her in, in, in this tutorial, uh-huh. um, and I mean, <laughs> it's like I mean proper like. Okay, calm down, uh, Colleen. But it was like, try and sound less like a fat duck, she says to one of them. I can hear your footsteps miles off. Uh, I can smell your garlic breath from a block away. And then finally, poor Jenny. It's like, what was that, Jenny? Yoga? You're like a fat (laughs) pig swimming in gravy. (laughs) I was just like, oh, my God. Uh, 
harsh tutor. She is a harsh mistress, but I absolutely love the comeback. And I mean, you know, it was just so, so good. Like, she's totally driven. She's like, I'm not giving you any kind of BS. Mm. I'm just going to tell you how it is. And it's like, you're not nearly close enough to being my equivalent well if they're offended by what she said to them they definitely don't want to be training with stick do they <laughs> no well that's I true did, i did have some questions about this scene though it mm-hmm. was just i mm, I, I need to know more about like on why the streets she, training in new york yeah, yeah exactly what what this is about so because also these are not the kids we've seen or to my knowledge these are not the kids we've seen so far in the dojo Right, right. So is this another set of kids? I presume it's a more doing? advanced class because the, the other guys were just doing basic moves. Um, so this would be a more advanced class where you take them out in the street to put, put their ideas into practice. But it's another reason not to walk around the streets of New York late at night just in case you get ambushed Absolutely. Uh, in a training exercise from a local dojo. But I- and she's wearing a sword in public. No, that was the trading stick that she was carrying, not not a sword. I did think that as well, though, Chris. Yeah, no, I, I thought that too, but it, it was definitely the training sword. But th- th- like, this was almost like guerrilla warfare. This was like the you know uh, street level training, just you know taking it out of the classroom. Yeah. So maybe again, maybe she's more intimately involved with what's going on on the streets in some way. I mean, that's the thing. Um, I think, uh, you know, is she putting her own group together for some reason? Is it purely protection? And if so, from what? Mm-hmm. You know, if if the club is in um, Chinatown or, you know, one of the um, predominantly Asian neighborhoods, then maybe something like The Hand is well known to her as well. And mm-hmm. she she's building up um, some kind of team. But I, I did kind of like the street level guerrilla training that, that she was doing but yeah it'll be interesting to see if they come up again or is it just kind of was it just something to kind of get our juices flowing to thinking oh she's in danger and then just kind of you know keep it as a a training exercise or you know will this uh develop further but again it's it's early days and i I like the idea that she has no connection at all and this was just something to make us think she did have a connection but it turns out it was just a fight just a just a practice a practice day out with her with her crew <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I just didn't get it initially, and I'm like, okay, makes sense now. I suppose now that you guys have explained it, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. That's why we podcast, Chris. Though I know, but like you know, sixty minute episode, well, fifty something more, fifty five minute episode, and we talk for an hour and a half over it. I know. It's just the way that we do it. You've got to talk for more than a minute about every minute on the episode, right? That's the way it works, right? Of course. <laughs> uh, do you want to take it on to the final point that we have for this episode? I'm going to, and I'm sure every one of our listeners has been screaming into their headphones <laughs> nonstop going, when are you going to talk about it? Remember that scene in The Simpsons where Homer's watching like the ghost of the cinema and it's just trailer after trailer uh-huh. after trailer? It's like, get on with it! <laughs> well, okay, guys, let's talk about it. The immortal M&Ms and the power of the Iron Fist. Yes, <laughs> I love this. We finally got to see Danny channel his chi and the glowing fist brighten our day and brighten this episode as he smashes down the door that we had seen in previous trailers. Mm -hmm. And even though we'd seen it in previous trailers, it was still good to see again. 
And that's something that I was like, okay, I even knew it was coming. Yeah. But they also they 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 obviously shortened it for the trailers because there was a couple extra millisecond seconds where you see the first jump and how he jumps mm-hmm. towards the door, which was very cool. Um, and it makes sense now that uh, outside of the trailer of why he's busting down a door because well, I think I had talked about was his arch enemy doors <laughs> at one part. <laughs> he, he likes breaking down doors. Iron Fist. Uh- Door killer. I'm so glad they extended that trailer into a yeah. 13 episode series. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I um I loved I loved this scene um and building up to it. I loved how it was the smile on his face every time he got hit. Like the kind of smirk and, and the camera focusing in on it. The guys were using like wooden kind of like almost truncheons or something like yeah. that. And I was thinking, ow. But he, you know, he, he's got the, the bit of blood dripping down his face um, across his brow and all that. But I love the kind of that that concentration, but with the kind of gritted teeth grin. Um, and it kind of just, that to me was really cool. And I, I loved how... It it came back as I was watching it. You know, every punch makes things clearer, and it becomes clearer and clearer. And then just seeing the glow ripple underneath the straight jacket arm, I thought was like ah, perfect. And then yeah, he just takes out the the loons um, in the loony bin, and uh, it it was great. I had to admit, yeah, that 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 face. It took me a second to figure out why he was smiling. I was like, oh, every punch makes it clear. Okay. And then obviously the adrenaline is kind of burning off the drugs and he's able. And then I saw the, the flash. I was like, <gasps> that was a DC Marvel crossover. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did like the reference earlier on in the episode where he says, I am an immortal weapon at the at center of a fight is where I feel most clarity. Yeah. Um, that's a great, a great little lead into this happening later yeah. on. In the episode. His chi becomes undrugged. Yeah, it was really, it was really interesting. I and mean, we had this conversation separately off the podcast, John, about, about <gasps> how could dun, you? Dun, dun. <laughs> They're talking behind my back. <laughs> I'm gonna find there's a, like a podcast out there where it's just the two of them. <laughs> it's called Gotham TV Podcast. Um, <laughs> and we had discussed about Danny Rand, where I I had this opinion because I am the 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 one that knows least probably about about the Iron Fist character as we mentioned before. Um, I had this opinion that he was very centered and he was all about the chi and he was all about the relaxed um kind of character and you were explaining to me that that is the one of the central points of danny Rand's character is that yes he's centered but he also can fly off the handle at times and this is something that we're seeing throughout these last two episodes yeah definitely and i, I that's what i just thought was fantastic uh just from that focus in on his face and as he's kind of like you know the, a smile an inner smile just forcing its way through um through through the gritted teeth i thought it was excellent it, it that that to me encapsulates um danny rand you know he's he's finding his chi and the power of that that force yeah. uh within him and then just to see him yeah again the 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 kind of the way he jumps up to bash the door down i thought absolutely spot on like the the only weird thing i thought from that which was a bit 
strange was as the nurse comes in and, and opens the door to presumably take away his body or at least his beaten up body, Danny Rand pushes him with his iron fist and I expected the guy to be flung further. But maybe he was controlling it enough. Yeah. But I kind of, I, I just wondered if it would have been a nice touch if, um, like I don't have any problem, but I, I wonder if whether it would have been a nice touch just that the nurse kind of just gets flung to the other Maybe. side of the corridor or something like that. I, I know what just you mean. Just even but... with a, just a slight touch, just again to reinforce that power uh, with that he's got in his hands. No, I know what you mean, but I, I'm, I'm, I kind of get the feeling the difference between Danny and some other super-powered people is that the whole point of, of his power is that he's channeling something into into his fist, so he's channeling it, therefore he has control over it. Oh, no, is, absolutely. Which is the big difference. If it was... Supergirl, or if it was one of those characters that has just gotten a really strong, powerful uh, body, they may not be able to control it. No, absolutely. But I think just as a way of, again, further highlighting the power that he holds, that just even with a a little channel, he could push this guy across the corridor. Plus, he'd been forcing drugs down his neck. That's true. uh, and, (laughs) And had been restraining him really hard as well. So, like, I thought, well, yeah, he kind of deserves it. Yeah. Well, yeah, he should have also because the guy walked him into potentially a four-man or three-man beating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I agree with John on this one. It's like, even though he has the control, I would have just... Even just as like a pinky flick, it's just like, (laughs) ding! And the power of his mortal iron pinky flies the guy across the room. It glows Um, pink as well. Like, I presume he was also restraining himself in the punches on the guys that beat him up, because if he used the same power that he used to knock out an entire door and wall while punching them, he probably would have killed them. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Power of the Iron Fist, obviously one of the things that we did have in that point was the immortal M&Ms, the little connection between Joy and and Danny. She's now fully convinced that he is Danny Rand. So yeah. that's a nice little touch. I thought that was, an, uh, it was quite sweet, actually. It's, it does feel like something that kids would do together. Um, that I they see would what share you did the there, M&Ms. sweet. <laughs> sweet, yeah. exactly. Uh, you know what I mean? I think it was. it is something that you would remember from your childhood friend uh, if you always shared packs of M&Ms and left one to the side. Absolutely, and cool. she's obviously got a sweet tooth because yeah. she's got an entire box of them in a, a cupboard <laughs> behind her desk. She if, must get really, like, have chocolate stress attacks in work. If I was a billionaire, that would all be wine gums. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> just an immortal bag of wine. Yeah. Everything's immortal at the moment. Yeah. An immortal bag of wine. I would probably have an immortal bottle of gin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at a certain point, you want an immortal wine gums and an immortal gin, and then like a one that's just mixed, and that's your immortal liquor of like kung lung. Exactly, like it. and it could soak the immortal j- jelly babies in them and get gin infused. Mm. <laughs> right, let's um, enough on the recipes I, for uh, for alcoholic drinks. Uh, Chris, do you have anything left on that point? Yeah, I just I really actually like this. I agree with you. I think it was a nice touch. Um, so I really actually liked the actress here, uh, Jessica Strobe, because she reminded me so much of um, Deborah Wall mm-hmm. in this. Uh, obviously, Karen in the throughout the season one and two of Daredevil, she had that breakdown moments, mm-hmm. um, and then of. And then Jessica in this episode, at, right at the end, had that breakdown moment. But it was a elation breakdown versus the breakdown of Karen, which is usually the world is falling apart. Right. 
they reminded me of the, the, it was quite similar acting style or I don't know what it was about it it was just it was quite a it was it was nice. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think it was that it was like, oh my god, my friend who's I thought has been dead for ten years, fifteen years, is alive, and I threw him in a loony bin, mm-hmm. and then fade to black. <laughs> yeah, that was quite. It was quite cool. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed that realization moment. The, the moment that you had with the receptionist as well, where she was kind of going, "But what if it is Danny? And look what we've done to him." But, yeah. And she goes, but it's possibly not. She goes, yeah, but what if it is? Because she's still fighting for the possibility. You might as well check it out. It's not going to cost you anything, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And it answers our question from our first podcast, which is like, you know, she maybe wouldn't necessarily have chosen that route. You know, that that's a Ward thing. Yeah. And like, Ward's first reaction is, let's do a lobotomy on him. Or, you know, <laughs> or, or electroshock therapy, yeah. you know. But they don't do that here. Exactly. Anymore. It's like... Ward just goes for the extreme mm-hmm. every time. So, boys, I think that's the end of all our points. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have some newts? I think we have a few. I think we had a few. Yeah, um, a few. Definitely liked the uh, the kind of playing into my theory of uh, of Harold Meacham coming back from the dead. Um, did you notice on Ward's phone he's called Frankenstein? Yep. Uh, the the uh, the doctor that creates the Frankenstein monster, or possibly just there was wasn't enough space space for the Frankenstein monster uh, on the phone, <laughs> which um, would suggest resurrection. Yes, then. exactly, or just being recreated from the dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then also for any of our eagle-eyed viewers slash listeners, Kung Lung now apparently in the MCU is on a fifteen-year cycle versus. 10-year cycle in the comics. Mm. Yeah. I noticed that. And I, I know I know Danny said kind of or thereabouts just to give you a little bit of clarity. Uh, he kind of just or just to muddy it a bit he kind of says yeah. every 15 years or so because it could be 10 occasionally it could be 15. Yeah. It's uh, on a mixed fabric wash at 40 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> um and then I have a question about this. There was the scene with Ward mm. takes out the pill case. Yes. Ah yeah. And yeah. then pops a pill. Do we think he's a junkie? What is it? Volume? Is it just a breath mint? Because he felt he had a bit of halitosis at that moment. <laughs> After the day he's had, I think it's possibly Valume. <laughs> yeah, but it, it does lead to question, is he potentially a drug user? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or is he, you know, siphoning off a bit of Madame Gao's product? Although he didn't snort it. No. He didn't no. snort it. Um, but maybe she deals in other things than uh, cut heroin. All right. The other thing is, I did look it up. Kyle uh, does say that he's done some internet searching for Iron Fist. I did look it up. There is, in fact, Iron Fist Brewing, uh, which does produce Iron Fist beers. Uh, He says the two things, a brewing company and uh, and clothes. Um, Yeah, there are. If you look, ironfistbrewing.com and ironfistclothing.com do exist. Absolutely. Um, I did think that the Iron Fist clothing was going to be a, a bit more hardcore than what we see. It's you should, it's you just should. t-shirts, ladies and gentlemen. It's not potentially um, anything else. Anything no. else <laughs> that may involve a large amount of leather. I will um, say the uh, the models that are wearing these t-shirts do seem to be very tatted up, though. Yeah, I think I may be buying myself one of those t-shirts. <laughs> I thought Maybe you might. Some nice one. I I, and I might buy a crate of that beer. <laughs> mm. um, back to my color theory. Mm. Did we notice that? Whatever way they lit Colleen's dojo in this episode, you had the yellow and the green. 
Yeah, that was quite cool, actually. That's yeah. very cool, yeah. So I'm wondering if it's we missed it in the first or whether this actually is a... Just will the light scenes in such a way now that will get the yellow and the green in different points? Nice catch there, Chris. Nice catch. Yeah, absolutely. I I really thought it was great that this episode, people started calling him Danny. Mm-hmm. So actually, good old Simon, he was the first person to call him Danny in the hospital. Um, obviously, Colleen eventually learns his name but just automatically calls him danny Mm -hmm. joy realizes that he's danny shouts his name out in sheer joy and uh and of course uh the doctor yes so there's all of a sudden his anonymity um the questions over his identity have all been resolved um and I love the fact that it was uh, Crazy Simon, actually. Yeah. I, I thought that was a really nice little moment as well. I yeah. just thought it was really nice yeah, uh, that Danny notices this and, and just brings it up with him. And yeah. that's, I think, maybe another reason why, just coming back to an earlier point uh, that that Chris made, that hopefully there might be something a bit longer lasting here between these two. Like a, a like he rescues him from the the psychiatric hospital. Oh, maybe yeah, or, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, maybe. But we'll see. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to jump back in. The episode title was Shadowhawk Takes Flight. Mm-hmm. So we do know that um, it's been confirmed that every episode is named after a Shaolin-based Kung Fu move. This was Danny trying to attempt to realign his chi and control that hawk, which we now know is uh, an internal hawk, not a real hawk. So my point about episode one was, is he actually trying to see through the eyes of a hawk? It's not true. It's his (laughs) way of... Showing his chi, I suppose, or his alignment of the chi. Uh-huh. Um, but the martial arts move seems to be almost a kick. Right. Yeah, the Shadowhawk takes fight looks like a kick. Again, when you're Googling these names, you, typically it's an article about how these moves' names are in Iron Fist. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> 20 articles you'll find. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scraping barrels here. I'm going by Google <laughs> Image Search. And kind of assuming that if forty, if sixty percent of the moves look similar, when I Google this uh, move, then that is the name of it, or and that is what it is. So yes, it seems to be some almost like you're one leg down and one leg up at an almost, uh, let's say, almost towards two o'clock. Okay, you're standing at six and wow. you want to kick. Yeah, two. I think I definitely need to get those martial arts lessons uh, very soon. Yes, I'm not that flexible either no i know <laughs> love it excellent thanks for that one chris um we will come back to that for the next episode i think yep my final note really here is i am loving kyle and harold Meacham. oh absolutely um i have to say where he goes unless kyle is an idiot who can't do a simple research when he's uh trying to find the monastery or the order of mother crane the fact that he just keeps questioning why he's saying sorry, and he, he's kind of like, I don't give a shit. I just want to try and help you out, kind of thing. <laughs> like, there the, the is almost in, obviously, a bit paired back, but it's almost like a um, another version of Blackadder and Baldrick to some extent. <laughs> like, in Love a it. really good way. It, it's just like he's so dismissive of Kyle, and, mm-hmm. and Kyle is kind of slightly kind of wide wide-eyed kind of 
caught in the headlights type of look. And I must say, I'm loving the the to and fro between these these Definitely. two. Definitely. Absolutely, it's really enjoyable. I must say, they're really good fun. So, to wrap up our final point, uh, Derek, I believe you got one that you want to take us away with. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes, the pipes, the pipes are, are calling. See, we all have to sing that. We are the Irish-based podcast. Oh, Danny boy. On the Defenders. John's going to continue dee, dee, on with that for hours. Yes, in this episode, we do get some lyrics from a pretty much a classic, traditional Irish song, um, originally set to the theme of the London Derriere. Um, which I do love how that's pronounced. Really good. The lines that were taken from the from the I think it's from the third uh, third verse. And I am dead, as dead I, I well may be. You'll come and find the place where I am lying, and kneel and say an ave there for me. Loved that this was mentioned by Harold Meacham to Danny Rand, two characters that were thought to be dead before the series started. Effectively, definitely. So they have this moment between each other where he's quoting lyrics from a song about uh, the person coming up and finding the dead body and, and singing an ave. That's uh, that's quite cool. I thought that, that nice yeah. use of a really overplayed Irish song, absolutely. particularly around St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> absolutely loved. Yeah, it's something we both have in common. You know yeah. that death and it's 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 just done in such a way because like harold is kind of creepily there softly spoken in the shadows and so yeah really good yeah excellent okay guys so i think that's all our notes i think we've covered our top five points so it leaves one thing that we must partake in towards the end of this podcast john do you defend this episode of Iron Fist, Eagle Takes Flight? I do defend this episode of Iron Fist. Um, I would give this three and a half psychiatric Simons out of five. <laughs> um, I have to say, I, I was debating about whether to give it a four, but I, I again, I kind of feel that the show can probably still give a little more, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but you know, I, I'm happy to revise some of these uh, in in with uh, you know experience gained. So um, at this moment, I this is a definite improvement on, on the first episode. I absolutely loved the psychology, the psychiatric hospital element of this. Th- this idea that you know, are these people? like crazy that the superheroes are they actually crazy this split personality i love the exploration of that and i think this is a really cool approach to take for for this episode and certainly when it it's executed so well with that final chat between the doctor and danny rand were you know it danny's on the cusp of being released from birch psychiatric hospital and he then starts wading into Kunlun on a different dimension. I'm an immortal iron fist and I, I, I'm a warrior monk and all this. And you just see um, the doctor kind of go, right, that's another 10 years in here. <laughs> and it, I, I, I really liked that. I thought it was excellent. I thought um, Harold with the where did you go and the handprint on his glass after visiting Danny really good little tie in there and link back to Daredevil mm-hmm. uh, and the hand and even just the fact that the two of them come face to face uh you know connected by 
their disappearance and death ultimately. Yeah. Um, really cool. Um, and I think, uh, you know, we, we, we see development with Ward and Joy and with Colleen, which is really interesting. I love this idea that maybe he, yeah, he's a completely and utterly drug riddled, um, rich boy that hopefully won't last too much longer. Um, in that sense, not, you know, just that he's going to get his comeuppance because he's yes. a bully. I think like we, we've worked out that he is, he's not just nasty. He's a bully nasty. And of course, then we have Simon. And I, I just thought that was a great opening between him and Danny Rand. And, and I just thought it was a really nice character to play with Danny Rand in this hospital. Yeah. Uh, really yeah. cool. And, and, you know, I'm going to say 3.5 psych- psychiatric Simons, but it could be, given my split personality, it could be four psychiatric Simons. Very good. Very good. I just can't decide. 3.5 to 4. There you go. I'm going to say it now. Excellent. So then, Derek, do you defend this episode of Iron Fist? I do defend this episode of Iron Fist. I think I was pretty much off the bat at the beginning of this episode. I think I uh, I, I wanted to say I was very happy with episode two. I'm delighted with uh, what they're setting up, exactly as John said. I'm delighted with what they're setting up and what, what we hopefully will get to explore of all of these characters uh, in the future episodes. That always feels like the right impetus for me when you're in episode two of the show broadening out all the characters and, and taking them on a, on their own individual journeys is always the right way to go so uh, yeah really excited to see what's coming up with the rest of the series uh chris do you defend this episode of iron fist yes 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 i do i was going to make a joke there but it's uh too important i do defend this episode mm-hmm. um they took a lot of what i disliked or what i not disliked disliked from yes disliked is probably the word i have used in the last episode yeah um they took a lot of what i disliked about that and they they kind of addressed a lot of that here and now in this episode Mm -hmm. um this does make me feel that potentially an episode one and two if this was this was cable TV. This would be the pilot, and the t- first two would have been kind of slotted together yeah. in an hour and 20 minute um, kind of opening. That's how I felt it was almost um, kind of threaded the story. Yeah. They expanded on characters who I thought were very one dimensional, they gave them life. Um, I don't know whether it was the cut, I don't know what, it, I don't know what about the first episode that this this tops on so many levels I, I can probably a lot of the things we've talked about but overall there was just something there was something i preferred a lot more the one key moment for me was in a superhero show we got to see the superhero yes absolutely and absolutely. i think that was one of the biggest points and the biggest thing for me yeah. in every other marvel netflix show in every other marvel show you always see a power just enough to trick, tickle your interest and draw you in, mm-hmm. and that's what this has done. This makes this is after episode one. I was I could have taken or left the episode. Mm-hmm. This has made me interested to want to binge directly onto episode three. You're absolutely right. This is uh, seeing those two episodes uh, as most people will be seeing them back to back. Probably the right way to watch them. I do think uh, the watching the first episode on its own did kind of hamper our our. Uh, our ratings for the first episode but uh, i still stand by uh, what we said about the first no episode. exactly oh, absolutely no, I think, uh, but yeah. the second episode yeah a lot better 
Yeah, absolutely. And actually, point in my wrap up that I missed is yeah, we see we see the Iron Fist, mm-hmm. and I actually think Finn Jones's uh, portrayal of that. I just I say that shot back onto his face uh, as he is realigning his chi. Uh, sensing it and, and becoming the Iron Fist, it, it is very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a, a great little moment f- from this episode as well. So definitely a, a, a four. So does he become the Iron Fist or is he always the Iron Fist? He is the Iron Time will fist. tell. <laughs> Time will tell. So guys, that is We Defend unanimously. Mm-hmm. We want to get on to episode three, but before we wrap up, uh, we have a bit of feedback, I believe, Derek. Our feedback from the episode, the first one comes from Ronaldo uh, over on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Defenders TV podcast. Ronaldo says, I think I've got the show. I've been watching episode two now, forgetting about the Kung Fu and the superheroes and just watching it for what it is. A guy who claims he's someone, but no one believes him. It's actually really compelling. Uh, added to that, Harold showing more of a darker side, and it's pretty good. I have to say, I I really like the 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 second episode from from that angle. Um, you know, with obviously Crazy Simon, we uh, we get to see the Iron Fist and the channeling of that power right at the end. And as I say, I I still think that that pan in camera on his face as he's being beaten by the the four inmates in the psychiatric hospital i think is still really it's such a telling way of showing him becoming clearer in the heat of battle everything else that that idea of crazy or sane and and trying to prove your sanity really interesting yeah yeah and I, i actually like that i think i think that's also a good idea for just any show in general be it marvel netflix be it uh, an MCU film, be it Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., take it for what it is. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, we uh, we all have a culture of having to know exactly what it is, it having to have certain beats, etc. Um, and we go into a lot of that in our in our discussions when we deep dive. But not all these things are enjoyable. So just enjoying them for what they are, and yes, when you can explain and look deeper into some of the directing, the story writing, the themes, the thematic undertones that they bring it, that's great. That's a even a better part of it. But there's nothing to say, like we said with the 1970s Doctor Strange TV pilot slash film, if we just didn't kind of roll with it and we compared it to today's cinematic style it mm-hmm. would have we would have torn it apart but if you enjoy something for what it is yeah. for where when it was built when it, what is it trying to do and then also looking into it and kind of discovering it then that's a good thing too absolutely and the final piece of feedback comes from donald dennis and um, he's feedback on the first episode already listened to the first podcast he says hey guys thanks for the latest episode can't wait to hear your opinions on the rest of the season your evaluation of episode one is pretty much spot on i liked episode one but didn't fall in love it was better than a lot of tv but not quite as catchy as some other mcu shows yep there was nothing offensive of uh, episode one but it there was just that that one aspect of whether it was to do with the power of, of the Iron Fist or some kind of shocking revelation mm. or action that went on that just was missing like you had gotten in Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Daredevil. Yeah, <laughs> 
I, 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 I discussed this with not just the podcast, I discussed it with other people. Um, <sighs> I'm sorry. Oh, my God. It's okay. But more importantly, when we started discussing it back, I'm like, okay, this was not the best opening. And that's fine. It's not everything can be gold. Uh-huh. Second place, silver, bronze is still good. There's a reason kids get participation trophies today. Uh, <laughs> I do not agree with participation trophies. Chris does not speak for the opinions of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, participation po- trophies is maybe too far, but it was still an okay opening. It was not the best. It was not the worst mm. I've ever seen. And I think that's okay. I think what they've done is, look, if it hadn't stayed at that level, oh yeah, we potentially would have probably just binge-watched and just did it all in, like, one or two episodes. Yeah. We can assume that, like, looking at episode two, it's gotten better. Yeah. And it's potentially going to get better and better each episode. I, I'm, I'm down to try some more. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your feedback, Donald. And thanks for listening to the episode. Thanks to all of our listeners for listening to the episode. It's great to, great to have feedback coming in now uh, after you've been watching the episodes. If you want to record some audio feedback for us, as I said earlier on, just go to the website, go to DefendersTVPodcast.com. There's a little button over the side. You can record 90 seconds of your thoughts about each and every episode of Iron Fist, and we'll play it as we go through um, our coverage of the show. And there will be a prize at the end of the season. We'll be putting all of the uh, people who have put in uh, their thoughts and their feedback throughout the episodes into a hat. And at the end of the season, we will be especially selecting one person to win a Marvel prize. We know what it is right now, but we're not going to share it just yet. But it is a bloody good Marvel prize, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, guys, that is it. Mm -hmm. That is the end of episode two of our podcast. Or I should say, episode end of episode 91, Mm -hmm. where we look at Iron Fist season one, episode two, Shadowhawk Takes Flight. You can, of course, contact us on our website, as we've said there. And we've got a great prize. If you're over on Twitter, you can find us at at DefendersCast. And we're all one of us is always on there. Mostly Derek. <laughs> and if you're over on uh, Facebook, you can connect, like us on our uh, on our page uh, at Defenders TV Podcast, or why not join our group? Uh, there's a good few. There's a good few of us. Like we're, we're we're a good score now, at least. And there's a lot of fun and interactions where it's at. Just basically search at Defenders TV Podcast, and you'll find us. And there you will have spoiler free mostly conversations about iron fist but also anything uh daredevil luke cage jessica jones and it's all leading up to defenders later this year mm-hmm. don't forget to subscribe at defenders tv podcast.com forward slash itunes or any podcast catcher just find us there and we will be back on tuesday 21st of march with our review of iron fist season one episode three Rolling Thunder Cannon Punch. I'm just going to have fun saying that all the time. Rolling Thunder Cannon Punch. Love it. That sounds like there's going to be a lot of fighting coming Mm -hmm. up in Episode 3. Yes, or they're going to be playing a wonderful Commodore 64 game called Rolling Thunder. One or the other. (laughs) This just sounds to me like it's almost like the end of one of those anime during a big fight. Rolling Thunder Cannon Punch! Exactly. Kind of like, (laughs) Or it's a moving Street Fighter. What are they there we have it. Thank you so much to all our listeners for joining into our ever so rambling rambles of this episode. Um, for me, I'm Chris, and thank you very much. Thanks so much for joining us. 
we'll be back again on the 21st of March. Uh, looking forward to getting back to episode three of Iron Fist. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be with you next time. Yes, it's only in the middle of a fight where we come alive. Speak for yourself. Bye.